This is episode 51, and this is Creating Space. Hey guys, what is happening? This is Creating Space. I'm your host, Wes Knight, and we have episode number 51. It's been all about social entrepreneurs lately because I just think that it is the most brilliant idea to merge doing good work and also for-profit business. We have one of the dynamic duo pieces of State Bags on the other line. This is Scott Tatum and the other dynamic duo, Jacqueline, his wife, is probably out somewhere saving lives. They are the co-founders of State Bag. State was created to address the immediate needs of American children living with challenging and in some cases critical circumstances. For every State Bag, which is a backpack, purchased, State hand delivers. Let me say that again. They hand deliver a backpack packed with essential tools for success to an American child in need. These two are saving lives for our American children, and it is awesome. Scott Tatelman, welcome to the show, my man. What's up, man? It's good to be here. I'm, uh, I'm juiced, man. I'm juiced and grateful that you would take some time out of your busy day up in New York City. Your offices are in Soho, right? Yeah, we're in Soho, but uh, Jacqueline and our two kids and dog, we live in Brooklyn. So we are... We're Brooklyn born. The actual concept of state started in Brooklyn, but here we are in Soho. So, you know, I tried to give you a little bit of an, of an intro there, but to add more to credibility of kind of what state bags is and kind of where it started, hit us with a little bit of, of that story. And I know you get this question a lot, but for the Cliff Notes version, uh, hit us with that state story. Yeah, yeah. I, I love telling the story. I do it all day. Um, and I would do it all day. So first of all, I just want to say, I didn't realize this is episode 51. And as a Patriots fan that trekked to Houston this year for Super Bowl 51, <laughs> I just like, I like, I like the number 51. I also like the number, you know, 25 because we came back from 25 points. But that's all. Hey, you know, for, shout out to the New England off, Patriots. Huh? There's a lot of Patriots and haters out there, a lot of haters. So I don't want to start off on a negative, but I do like 51. <laughs> um, so this is fitting. But um, so State actually, the, the story behind the brand actually goes back before, you know, there was any thought of a company. But um, Jacqueline and I started a nonprofit summer camp for hundreds of kids growing up in really tough neighborhoods of, of Brooklyn, actually. Um, created a, a program called Camp Power, where we send, and now it's 200 kids from some of the toughest, most underfunded, violent neighborhoods of Brooklyn to camp for a week. It's volunteer based. Um, a lot of our friends or staff members, we take them to the woods of Pennsylvania, get them off the streets, get them to, you know, just an absolutely incredible experience. Um, became a huge part of our life and, and we kept seeing an unfortunate theme of kids carrying all their stuff in trash bags, both at camp, coming to camp, leaving camp, maybe even during the school year, seeing the kids and it just tore us up. It just didn't make, make any sense. And at the same time, a lot of companies were doing great things for kids overseas, but our focus was on kids here in the U S and, and supporting kids in our own backyard. It's a huge advantage that you're leveraging of being able to take an experience that you are providing to kids, camp, something that's so important to 
our childhood and give that opportunity to those who are in low socioeconomic situations. But it's another thing to go in even further and to notice that the bags that these kids are coming with are, I would assume, like plastic grocery bags with holes all in them. And then seeing the opportunity, Scott, and being able to drive that lane. Why specifically was it so important for you to to go to give back to the kids in the United States before going to underprivileged countries outside? You know, my whole life has kind of been focused on finding ways to support kids in really tough neighborhoods or tough situations here in the States. I, I was just brought up in a very philanthropic family and um, I kind of, no matter what my, my dad was doing, growing a big business, he always found ways to support populations in need. Um, so I wanted to do that for myself and build a company that could not only hopefully be profitable one day, but while doing so, um, you know, be making a big difference to a lot of kids that needed it. Um, so when we started Camp Power, it just became such a huge part of our life. We got so engulfed in the neighborhoods and really just like understood what these kids were going through on a deeper level because we were spending not just a couple hours with them. I mean, we spent the entire week with them. And then during the school year, we would go to East New York, go to Bed-Stuy, go to Red Hook, and we would spend time in those neighborhoods and just hear the struggles. And, you know, it's, um, there are certainly real problems going on, you know, overseas and third world and everything else. That's no joke. Um, but you know, it just, something really, um, really triggered for us that, uh, it's hard to explain. We just, um, you know, it's just not fair. So many kids that are growing up, um, you know, just with the odds fully stacked against them. And, uh, you know, I just get really emotional about it. And I just, I just felt like it was time to, uh, to do something and take it into my own hands. And, and we have, and we're really proud of the fact that, that we've come this far. You guys have come a long way and are about to explode. Word is you're going to be popping up in Nordstrom sometime soon. Is that the word, Scott? Yeah, man, we're there. We're actually in every Nordstrom door across the country, um, getting pictures from all my friends across the U.S. You know, there's a huge state bags display. There's some signage. We're going out to Seattle um, in two or three weeks to do a big a bag drop event with them. So we're donating hundreds of bags to a local school with their team. Um, yeah, we have some pretty big things going on. We've had some really big things happen in the past too that have gotten us here. So we're, uh, we're pretty amped about it. Oh, I love it. You know, and, and the leadership mentality that you have and that Jacqueline has as well leads to this point, which I think is so unique. You hand deliver the bags, which a lot of people can just come and drop off their goods and never be seen yeah. and never add an added layer of impact. But for you guys, you want to hand deliver them and you have what's called pack men and pack women. Talk to me a little bit about that ideology and explain why you want to have this experience added on to the delivery process. Yeah. I mean, well, going back to our experiences at camp, like it was, we realized quickly that if we wanted to start another one for one company, it just showing up and giving stuff away or sending stuff around doesn't really get kids very far. It's material. It's not, there's nothing, you know, truly impactful about that. That's longstanding. So, um, what we wanted to do was create experiences for these kids that provided not only, you know, a backpack and, and needed supplies, school supplies, everything like that, but role models and positive messaging and some like something that would absolutely blow their minds and get them thinking about, 
beating those odds that are stacked up against them. So we've done these bag drop events across the U.S. We brought in celebrities. We've had influencers. And is it true? Is it true you've had Beyonce? We haven't had Beyonce at an actual bag drop, but we did partner with her um, a couple of years ago, and we did bag drops all down the East Coast in partnership with her brand. And uh, every bag drop, the kids thought she was showing up, and, I guess, <laughs> and then I would show up and be like, "Hey, it's me, I'm Scott." They'd be like, "Where's Beyonce?" And I'd be like, "I don't know." Um, but uh, yeah, so um, we put on like a 60-minute pep rally. It's kind of a, a mix of a motivational rally blended with an educational workshop mixed with a, a dance party. Um, wow. We're actually wow. doing one tomorrow here in New York for um, an all girls bag drop rally happening here. So um, it, I love it. I mean, it's my favorite thing. The pack men and pack women are crucial to it because they've walked in these kids shoes. So they're from Brownsville, Brooklyn. They're from Queens. They're from LA. They're from, uh, East New York, they, they've experienced what these kids go through. And, um, you know, they tell their stories of how they've kind of successfully risen from these situations. And you can hear a pin drop at some points. And then at other points, they're doing the whip nene. And it's like, <laughs> you've seen. so um, it's, it's great. The most important piece to me, Scott, about mentorship or leadership is to um, show authenticity. And the fact that you have chosen these pack men and pack women to be the models and to show the blueprint um, to these children to show them, hey, look, these individuals have done it and so can you and let's empower and motivate and inspire. What are some of the things that you tell to these pack women and pack men to give them the confidence and the belief that they can then be an extension of you and champion the message of, of belief and empowerment to the audience. The truth is, is so the Pac-Man and Pac-Women are actually, um, you know, they are, they are the pros here. They're the child development specialists. They work in the trenches every single day with kids. They're, they're in the after school programming, the public school systems. And they're actually the people that help me get camp power off the ground. So they're, they're my assistant directors. They're my head counselors. Um, they're the people that I brought on from the very onset to because I was look I'm from the suburbs of Boston like I I, I don't I, I didn't grow up in in these situations I was really fortunate to grow up in a you know with a with a family two parents and you know I had everything I needed um, so I'm I'm not telling those stories I it's not genuine in that way so what I wanted was to bring people who could and who these kids could relate to and be inspired by um, so. We've just had uh, incredible people who have rallied around us, not only for Camp Power, but for state. I mean, we have like a queue of people that want to be Pac-Men and Pac-Women because they've seen what we do in these rallies. And it's just, you know, they they are the heroes. Like in Kevin Durant's words, they are the real MVPs at these mm. at these events because they're putting on the show and they're be, they're getting personal. They're telling their stories, which is not easy to do. Um, and they're keeping these kids entertained and engaged for 60 minutes. And these are elementary age kids. That's not easy to do. So um, I don't do anything in terms of telling them how to inspire kids. I, if anything, I am learning from these guys and girls who are, you know, just mind blowing every event that we do. People are like, where did you find these people? And I just like, it's, uh, it's so there, it, there's an art of being, uh, having an analytical eye and, and knowing talent 
and the right person to come into synergy, the synergy of your business, right? Where the sum is greater than all of its parts. So talk to me about your analytical eye that you and Jacqueline obviously have to, to go through this filtration process where you're selecting the right um, leaders to come into your environment. If they are the ones that are really fueling the message and implementing the change, Walk us through what you're looking for, for these pack men and pack women, what they must exemplify for you to select them. I mean, so much goes into being a role model, um, especially for kids these days. It's, it's pretty unfortunate, the stuff that they're seeing right now, whether it be in the political world, whether it be in the entertainment world, even in sports. Um, and, you know, for me, what, what I look for with these pack men and pack women is, just walking the walk and talking the talk. It sounds so cliche, but, um, you know, something as simple as, you know, the fact that I'll, I'll use one as an example, this guy, Roger, who I've known for 10 years and he's a brother essentially now. And, um, he grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, probably the, the most violent underfunded neighborhood in the country. Um, and, I kind of just threw it out to him one day and I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And, uh, this is, this is going to be the program. And, and, and part of the program, the 60 minute piece, I want to call what's in your bag. So it's kind of tie it back to this like metaphorical, you know, message of the bag and, and what you carry in your bag tells a lot about who you are and your journey in life. Like, tell me something that you might carry in your bag that kids could hear about and relate to. And he just, just kind of thought for a second. He was like, I got it. And our first bag drop, he basically dropped this story on everybody that he carries black shoelaces in his bag to remind him every day of the good choices he made in Brownsville, Brooklyn, whether he could have joined a gang, you know, his, his friends on this side of the ball, like, you know, doing, hanging out on the street, selling drugs. He could have done that. Or his other friends were playing basketball and he chose to play basketball, which then led him to being, accepted into a college, walking on his team, breaking the school's three-point record, um, and graduating college and now working with kids every day as a, as a dean of a charter school. And that's when I was like, man, like, <laughs> that's like, that's it. You know, that's right. it. Like, I, I think these, these men and women have overcome so much in these, these challenging neighborhoods that, um, they have stories to tell. And I think a lot of times in these neighborhoods, people aren't given the opportunity to, to shed light and to tell those stories and to, and for their voices to be heard. And that this is an opportunity for that to happen. Mm, yeah, you know, I got chills right there, Scott, because the art of storytelling is something that I'm so passionate about. And it's part of the reason that I created this platform of creating space. And those in the creating space tribe know how I can go on a bit of a Maisie and just tell a story from time to time. But it is, it is something that captivates humans and that brings humans together. The art of telling a story. Um, what is, if you could tell us a story about your experiences, what are some of the more moving experiences that you've had, particularly at these rallies where you've seen the collective energy in a room shift and you've seen an audience be either brought to tears or stand in adoration of, in applause, or you talked about moving to a dance. Walk us through some memories that you think of right now that were have really just um, solidified themselves in your mind. I mean, there's been so many. It, it's tough to pinpoint one, but I remember our first bag drop was in Red Hook, Brooklyn. 
this was before we even launched the company. So we hadn't sold one bag. But we just wanted to kind of get a feel for what these bag drops would feel like and proof of concept, you know, so to speak. And um, we did a bag drop for like, I don't know, 200 kids or something. And uh, and I remember we did the what's in your bag piece. And we had our Pac-Man, uh, Rick, who we call Coach Rick, um, tell his story about, you know, how he used to wear glasses. And he used to get picked on and he used to get bullied. And that, that in turn led him uh, to start picking on people and bullying people. And this is a guy who's like, you know, he's, he's tough. He's been through some stuff and like, you know, he's come through it and, uh, you know, really like oozes what we try and, you know, model. And I remember like looking out as he was telling the story and looking at Jacqueline and every single eye was like just locked in on him. And every single mouth was like either closed or open. Like you could hear a pin drop. And I just looked at Jack and I was like, this is something like we got something <laughs> and like, and, and I just started getting choked up. And then I remember after we handed out the bags, um, and it's evolved so much since four years ago, this very, this drop. But I remember seeing, um, a couple, like a group of girls, like frantically, like taking their stuff out of their, like just worn down, beat up bags and like shoving them into the new ones. Like as fast as they could and then they were just like they strapped it on their back and they walked out with this like sense of pride and i was like whoa like we're we're in the beginning of a serious road journey here and um and that's exactly what it was and ever since then there's always like one moment at these bag drops like we have kids do karaoke at one point like we do a trivia and we ask one kid who can karaoke best and we've had kids get up like who volunteered and then they realize that they have to speak into a microphone and we'll start playing the song and it's dead silent. And then all of a sudden it's like American Idol. These kids are like crushing it. No And way. the place is crazy. And like, it's just like, I just love being in these neighborhoods. I love like, you know, spending time there and just like giving them light. I just think right now there's a lot of darkness and, you know, just to bring light. That's what we try and do. Ooh, magic maker, man. A, a warrior of light. I want to kind of pivot away from that. And I want to continue to talk about connection because I think right now we're in this over overlaying feeling of connection. Talk to me a little bit, Scott, of what it's like to build this influence with your partner, with your wife, with your best friend, man. You know, that's life goals, man. Hashtag life goals. What is that like? Yeah. Well, our answers might be a little different uh, <laughs> depending on the hour. Uh, if you asked us at nine o'clock last night, it might be different than today. But um, it's a, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. Like we have gone through a lot of tricky spots and ups and downs. Um, you know, there was actually no intention of us doing this together. I, I knew I wanted to start something socially conscious. I was really passionate about it. We started working with um, a company to help us build our business plan realized that if we wanted to do the one-for-one one model, it, the bags would need to be more expensive and they would need to be pricier, which means they would need to be fashionable, which meant like my wife, who is like has been in the fashion space basically since she's been in diapers, um, needed to come in. So we kind of looked at her and we were like, well, you're in now. And she was like, wait, wait, this is Scott's thing. Like, this isn't my thing. And now she's like creative director. She runs so much of what we do here. So it's kind of evolved very um, organically in the sense that this wasn't like we were like, let's start a business together. Um, and because of that, we've had to navigate some some 
interesting, you know, things. And, and I think the, the key to it is just a couple things. One, communicating and just being open about, the, you know, challenges or frustrations that you might be having. And the second is dividing and conquering. So like she, I don't touch product. Everything you see behind me, that's Jack's world. I don't go near that. That's like, that's her creative vision. That's turning her designer and production team working together. Um, and then she doesn't go near my world, which is like everything charitable, everything on the give back side. Obviously we bounce ideas off each other. We work with each other. She knows how I work. I know how she works, but we've made a real conscious effort to like, you know, separate what we do best, um, for the health of our business and for the health of our, our marriage. And we also have date nights, which I would highly encourage. Once <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're anything like me, you got to repair maybe some of the, some of the things that you do, you got to spend some quality time together, yeah. which is really important. Oh, yeah. Um, what are some, you, you talk about divide and conquer. What are some areas that Jacqueline dives into that you really see her get super passionate about and where she's oh. able to really shine? She's so talented. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, like I said, I steer clear of the design process, but, um, she has such an eye and such a talent for putting colors together, putting fabrics together, you know, identifying like the right zipper pulls. Um, not only with product though, like she basically in a lot of ways art directed our latest photo shoot. She styled our photo shoot. Like she, she, from a creative standpoint, everything stops and starts with her. Um, you know, I thought I was a creative person until I started working with her and I was like, <laughs> she's on another level. Um, right. so, you know, just, she has, we both have a really strong, you know, understanding of what the brand should look like and it should feel like, but she just takes it to another level, you know, whether it be product through marketing, through styling, aesthetic, all that stuff. She's, um, she's phenomenal. I can't speak highly enough about how talented and skilled she is in this world. You know, we need creatives and we all have a creative uh, gene inside of us, right? But some, like you said, have built that muscle far superior. Um, when, at what point did you realize that, okay, this company is way better with Jacqueline involved as opposed to, you know, how you guys originally had it where, you know, you kind of kept it separate? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. I would say... Um, once products started to like be built, um, right. again, we were working with a consulting company here that kind of helped us with every aspect of building the business. And, you know, I had no idea how to create a backpack. I didn't know what color schemes and what fabrication and all that. Um, so it happened pretty quick where all of a sudden she was like really, uh, engulfed in that process. And she, she was coming back with samples and you know, mock-ups. And I was like, man, this is like, this is, this was made for her. Um, and it was, it was brilliant too, because for me, I was kind of starting to build out what our give backpack model would look like and how we would be different than all the other one for ones. And that just got me so passionate. And I was so into that. And at the same time, she's off building product. And it was like, you know, this was working. This was like, this could really, this could really fit. Um, so it didn't take long. She's also really smart business-wise. Her dad is a really smart businessman. Just a lot leaked to her brain from that sense, which you know is great because that's not my world. Sounds like the dynamic duo, and there's no wonder that you guys have exploded the way you've exploded. Um, so tell me this, Scott. 
the so much experience that you have changing lives, molding futures, empowering people. How has this whole process empowered you? And explain to me the difference between the Scott before state bags and the Scott that sits here in front of me today. That's a good one. Um, you know, I guess um, I kind of feel like I have a responsibility that I never um, envisioned I would now. So like, you know, when things are crazy in July and August and camp power is creeping and, you know, there's so much going on, it's definitely crept into my head. Like, you know what, maybe this is the last year. Like I, I can't keep doing this. We got two kids, like we have a business that's booming right now. And back to school season is like just insane. I'm traveling all over the place. Like, Maybe we shut it down and then I, and then we go and we carry it out and it happens. And I'm just like, this is everything like this can, this needs to live forever. This can never go away. And, um, I think that that feeling of responsibility is something I never expected, not only from camp, but also through state, because I think right now, um, as a business, whether it's socially conscious or not, I think, um, all businesses who have a, a microphone and a platform have a responsibility to, to stand by what they think is right and to use that platform to talk about it. And I feel like my responsibility, our responsibility as a, as a brand right now is to do just that. Um, and I, I, I never, you know, like I couldn't believe this happened, but after the, the election, one of my best friends reached out to me. It was like, you know, I look to you, for light. I look to you to show, to show me that things are going to be better and that we're, we're not going to marginalize people and when, you know, people aren't going to get lost. Like show me, show me that this is going to be okay. And I was kind of like, Whoa, that's, wow. like a serious, wow. that's a serious burden. And then I, I just kind of got locked in and started doing these, what do we tell the kids projects? And that's become like uh, just beyond passion project. That's kind of like my focus every day now. Um, so you know, so so I talk to me a little bit about that. The what do we tell the kids yeah. program? Talk to me about that, and let's stick in that because that's extremely inspiring in and of itself. Yeah, so you know, it kind of started just like really organically. Um, I heard a lot of kids at camp talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and staff too, and 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 just hearing like murmurings and, and direct conversations of kids basically like questioning why does this movement have to exist? Like, does my life not matter? Like, and it, it just, it, the thought that this movement had to exist at all, was driving me crazy. Like hearing kids in the neighborhoods that were most affected by this, you know, police brutality and, and things that were happening across the country just dug at me. So I, I started a project where I interviewed educators in those communities and talking about the effects that it was having on kids and we photographed everybody and we interviewed them and we posted it to our Instagram account. And we emailed our, 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 you know, email list. And it was a risky move for a, a growing brand. You know, we're trying to gain followers and not lose them. And for a controversial topic like Black Lives Matter, it might have not been the conventional thing to do, but it felt right for us. And it felt right for me, that's for sure, especially hearing the stories from these people. So from there, after that launch, people really took to it. I just, you know, 
I just, it was in me and I wanted to do more. So then the election happened and that's when I was like, well, this is a moment that I'm going to figure out right now. So, um, so you started hearing a lot about hate crimes happening around the country involving a bunch of different people. So I did a project involving the LGBTQ community and, and you know, tell, having them tell their stories of how language which is so dangerous words like faggot that's so gay no homo like all the things that you hear on the daily every day um in music and entertainment and um you know it was really fortunate to have high level people we had the co-head writer of saturday night live uh fashion editor at at, uh, vanity fair um some fashion designers and a bunch of people telling you know and talking telling their stories and we got a lot of press on that and, um, you know, it just felt really good. And then we just launched our, our new video called, um, erase the R word, which is just, just a pet peeve of mine. I just don't understand why people still say the word retarded. I just find it to be shocking, hurtful, um, just totally over the top. And so I interviewed people, um, adults with special needs and asked them how it felt and why they think it should be gone. And it's been, um, it's been really exciting to see, the hits just, you know, kind of increasing every day uh, with this video. And I showed it to them. I went to the uh, program last week and I screened the video for them. Um, they're, they're big, you know, big group in a big boardroom. And it was uh, a moment I'll never forget. It was, um, I felt like, I, I felt like Rudy. They were like hoisting me up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> love um, it. Yeah. So those projects have become a, a a big focus of mine and we're really proud of them. Scott, I want to say that I'm super grateful for, you know, a multitude of things, but more so as a man redefining masculinity, which I think is so important. It's one of my most prized topics as vulnerability. My entire life was never modeled to me, so to speak, um, from the masculine uh, influences in my life, especially as an athlete. And I think, as a man, becoming more vulnerable in your life and leading from a space of authentic vulnerability actually makes you uh, more more impactful. It, it adds to your level of, of influence. And I, I'm inspired by the ways that you allow your intuition to guide you to take a stand for things in society. And we need more men just like yourself, just like Shay Emery, who was a part of the podcast, a great CFL legend who now um, has the Wellman Project in in Canada where he's teaching mental health issues for men and masculinity. So kudos to you, man, for leading from a place of genuine authenticity from vulnerability and really helping model to these kids, male and female, that vulnerability is is uh, the right way to go about things. With that being said, tell me this, man. I like to ask this question to my vulnerable guests that come on the show, man. I cry as an entrepreneur. Uh, Listen, as an entrepreneur, man, up and down every single day, I'm getting more comfortable with the fact that I shed a tear now, more now than ever before. So when was the last time, Scott, that you shed a tear? It's it's quite often, actually. I, I well, I already talked about it, but the other night um, when we when we screened the video to the participants, uh, I like to call them the stars of the video. That uh, that was really emotional, and actually, one of the participants when he started talking on the video and, and talking about how his whole life he's been called retarded and he's been 
you know, beaten, beaten up and pushed around. Like he immediately started, started getting emotional and that's when I lost it completely. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, um, I, I saw, I started uh, watching the Khalif Browder story, um, which, uh, uh, Actually, one, one, my my relative uh, produced with Jay Z and Harvey Weinstein. So we, we watched the first episode the other night, and um, those types of shows or movies uh, just are really like it's great for me to watch from an educational standpoint. But it's really tough. Like I I have I struggle through those in a major way. The the movie Thirteenth um, was I was like kind of uh, comatose for a couple of days after that movie. I always talk about um, when my family, our fam, my parents showed my sister and I the miniseries Roots um, as a kid, and that uh, that basically got me hooked on, in some way, whether I knew it or not at the time, on working with kids, um, you know, in tough neighborhoods. And that was a very roundabout way of saying that I that it doesn't take much to get me to cry, but uh, and my kids too. When I see my kids uh, playing together, like it's just uh, it's it's a soft spot for sure. Yeah, man, it's inspiring to see you kind of leading from the heart space. As we round this podcast episode out, I want to go on a hot round, Scott, and I just want to kind of throw oh, yeah. some questions out at you, and then first thing that kind of drops into your mind, let's let's fire away right. and let's let's go question after question. First question I have for you. Uh, What's the happiest moment of your life thus far? Um, happiest moment or state? Is this state related or just whatever? Just the first thing that comes to your mind, I say happiest moment. Scott, go. I would say my firstborn, my daughter, Ayla. I mean, it's hard to describe. It was pretty epic. Yeah. I, my, and then my son, two years later. So, yeah, you can't really top that. Well, the way Creating Space Tribe, I know you can't see Scott right now, but the way he lit up in that moment, you can definitely tell that that is something that he he really is excited about. Next question. Um, who's the biggest influence for you in your life? My dad. Why is that? Uh, he was able to build a, a really successful business while making a genuine impact impact on the community at the same time and all the while um, putting his kids first which I find miraculous because we're stretched so thin right now building this business with two kids that uh, keep keeping our kids first is a priority but it's definitely hard so I have more respect for that now than ever if you had one thing that you'd say to your old man you had an opportunity to say to him what would what would you say uh, I just I wish I, I hope to be half the dad that he has been and he, he was um, as, I, as I go through this journey of fatherhood. That's, uh, that's super powerful, man. Super powerful. What's, uh, what's your biggest mistake when you look back? Um, I made a lot of them. Um, <laughs> you and me both, my brother. You and me both. Uh Biggest mistake. Shit, there's like. I mean, this is a kudos to your. This is a kudos to your mindset. You don't see things as mistakes; they're only learning tools, right? So let's let's reframe it to something that might have a choice that you made that redirected you into a space that gave you a breakthrough. You know, something that you fixed 
uh, mindset that you changed where all of a sudden in tinkering with that, he gave you a breakthrough and really changed something exponentially? I, I left a career. I left a job that I could have stayed at for the, my entire life and been totally comfortable and just been cruising along. And I knew I was really good at it, but I took a risk and I moved to New York and I, I moved to a terrifying city. Um, and, but it led me to Jacqueline. It led me to the nonprofit world, which led me to create my own, which led me to create state bags and get married and have kids. And so, um, it felt like a mistake a lot throughout that process, but, um, you know, it was definitely part of the journey. The hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, right? You know, you, you went into the unknown, you felt the call, you answered the call. And on the other side of it was, um, all the treasure that you had ever dreamed of. He documents that really well in the book, the, the hero with a thousand faces. Um, last couple of questions. Um, what's the one mindset that you have, Scott, um, a place that you were inside your mind that you'll never go back to? Um, you know, I, I think that there's been a lot of moments of self doubt with me, like just because I'm not this experienced entrepreneur, I've never started a business before. Um, I, 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 I didn't go to business school. I wasn't the best student, you know, but from when you lead with your heart and you lead from a, a place of passion and, you know, um, believing that what you're doing is right. Um, you kind of have to block out all that noise. It's hard. I mean, for me, it's really hard because I'm surrounded with five really, really smart people who have, who have been in this space and who have created companies and who are growing faster than we are. And, but you just have to use them as inspiration as opposed to competition. Collaboration, not competition. You know what, Scott? This has been fantastic. Um, as we round this thing out, man, the last thing I'll ask you uh, is what is the legacy Scott Tatelman wants to leave? that's a heavy one um, <laughs> I would say, I I would say you know it sounds so simple but um, I I think that if I could be seen as a role model for my kids and for you know aspiring entrepreneurs or, or for people who um, you know want to give voices to people who aren't necessarily given that opportunity or given experiences to people who don't aren't given those opportunities. Like if I could be seen as someone that, that did it and kind of did it in our own way, um, while being, while living a ethical, moral, uh, empathetic life, like what's, what's better than that? Just, just to be kind. I just want to be nice to people and I want my kids to be nice to people and I want everybody to just respect each other. And, you know, it sounds so like kumbaya, but you know, I think it's actually pretty simple when you think about it. It's uh, it's the furthest thing from kumbaya. It's the most impactful thing that I feel like a man or a woman, uh, the decision to, to, get into um, influence and changing lives. It's There's nothing better. So Scott, it is obvious Creating Space Tribe. It is obvious why Scott's an excellent selection for the podcast, episode number 51. Scott, I'm so grateful, man, for you to take the time to come on to the Creating Space podcast, share your wealth of knowledge, and influence the tribe, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been my, it's been my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, man. Wow, what a powerful, powerful interview with Scott. 
so much vulnerability in the way that he leads. And you can tell that as an extension of his business in State Bags. There's so many aspects, philanthropical aspects to his business. And you can tell that he's super passionate, along with his wife, Jacqueline, in combining forces and joining alongside others, those who donate to the company through purchasing a bag on State Bags website uh, that they can further galvanize each other through leading from a heart space. I think it's super impactful. It's really important. And it was so um, integral to this week to bring him on as the podcast, especially because we were talking about on Mindset Monday, Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey and being able to chase after what it is that you truly believe and make sure that that legacy is left by impacting others. So with that being said, reach out to Scott Tatelman. You can find Scott and State Bags on Instagram at State Bags, Twitter at State Bags as well, and at StateBags.com. I really recommend to you as the summer is coming to an end that you get out and you purchase a bag for whether it be your kid for the next school year or whether it be as purely for yourself or as a donation to someone else. Get over to StateBags.com and purchase a bag and do something good for someone else. With that being said, look out for tomorrow. We've got an announcement, a super great announcement as we are are opening up our lifestyle masterclass where we're going to bring to you a few free webinars to teach you how to leverage your social influence, whether you're a brand of your own or a small business owner. I want to teach you how to leverage your influence and how to monetize your message. That announcement will come out specifically tomorrow as a podcast of its own. So make sure you look out for that podcast tomorrow. The Lifestyle Masterclass is something that you do not want to miss if you're looking to turn your social influence into a revenue stream. All right. With that being said, guys, super excited for all that's coming your way in the coming weeks for Creating Space. And I love every single one of you guys showing up week in and week out to support this show. As always, my oxygen is your word of mouth. So make sure you push this podcast on. Make sure you share it with your friends and make sure you talk about how the Creating Space movement is fundamentally helping you shift your mindset and change your life. So with that being said, love every single one of you guys and Mindset Monday coming on Monday.